0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host, misha globerman uh, trampoline hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar uh, it's usually in toronto but sometimes other cities people give lectures on all kinds of topics uh, but the one restriction is that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert it cannot be their job to know the thing and then after each lecture uh we take questions from the audience uh, this of course is a trampoline hall podcast uh which means that uh, you don't get to ask questions at the end or you you can ask questions but we won't um, Hear them or reply to them. But you know, but 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 what we do in this podcast is uh for every episode, Lecture Selector Extraordinaire goes through the trampoline hall archives of many, many years and chooses uh one lecture for your enjoyment and edification. Um if you by the way, if you if you're enjoying the podcast, uh you really should come check out the show in Toronto. If you live in Toronto, it's sorta of convenient. If you don't live in Toronto, it's a lovely city and worth coming here to come see the Trampoline Hall lectures, which are amazing. Uh we also have uh, some professional sports teams. Um, so, so, so that's something to tell you. What else do I have to tell you? I think uh, nothing except uh, to get you ready. Uh, brace yourselves and get ready now for this episode's lecture. Uh, the lecture is entitled "The Bind," and the lecturer is Anupa Mystery. Hi. Hi.
0: Hi. So, uh, I'm here to talk about yoga, and it's funny, right? Because some of you are probably looking at me and thinking, "Well, she's brown. She's in yoga from India. She must be an expert on yoga." And isn't Trampoline Hall about the non-experts? And then there's you know the other half of you who are maybe thinking something like. What does she know about yoga? Every yoga instructor I know is like a skinny white girl. She's not even wearing Lululemons. I didn't see her at Village Juicery last week. What's going on here? So to clear things up, I'm not a yoga expert. I cannot do a headstand, I cannot do a handstand. There's lots of yoga things I can't do. And to address the other side, I am not a skinny white girl and thank God for
1: that.
0: But these are troubling associations, right? she's brown so she knows everything about yoga or she doesn't look like the mainstream perception or the mainstream cliche of what a yoga person is like um but that little conundrum is part of why i wanted to talk about yoga today so i've been thinking about this because i've been what you might call yoga adjacent my whole (laughs) life i've been what uh you know, in the 80s, I, my mom would watch um, the BBC, I grew up in England, so my mom would watch the BBC and she'd watch these white ladies in unitards like stretching in the wilderness. And then when we moved to Canada, um, she would watch Lillian Folis on uh, PBS doing the exact same thing basically. Um, and my three living grandparents have had the exact same routine since I was really young. Um, they wake up really early and they pray and they meditate every single morning. So to this day, if I were to spend the night with one of them, um, and I would, if I were to wake up at like five or six in the morning and go downstairs to get a glass of water, they'll be there, they'll be seated on the floor, and they'll be doing pranayama, which is the deep, vigorous, mindful breathing that you might have done if you've been to a yoga class. My grandma, who lives with my parents in Brampton, has a more modern approach. She commandeers the television early in the morning, and watches Baba Ramdev on satellite from India. He is, you know, he's got like thousands of people in front of him, ordinary people, and he's wearing like an orange robe, and he's got an orange loincloth underneath. (laughs) underneath, So, you know, he takes off his robe when he's doing yoga. But he's, you know, lecturing, and he's practicing yoga, and he's talking about this with ordinary people in India. Um, I was raised Hindu. And my parents got a bit more religious when I was a teenager. So for a while, until I moved out of their house, I would spend really bored Sunday mornings in a temple in Mississauga, surrounded by like a lot of loud brown people with no concept of personal space and like presided over by a quite sanctimonious pundit. Um, the 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 temple, like the main room in the temple, this the ceiling was painted to look like the sky. And then there was like bad burgundy carpeting and fluorescent lights. And then, you know, we would sit there, we would do like meditation and prayer. And there was also like yoga classes offered for senior citizens and kids. And the whole environment was just like kind of this calamitous mishmash of like religion and health and like bad decor. So when i started to actually practice yoga and and i went to a local studio in brenton and that's where i first encountered what you might know as the yoga aesthetic so you know there were hardwood floors and light dimmers and succulents like hanging from sconces and there was white women everywhere so if you don't know where to find white people in Brenton, because there actually isn't that many of them there anymore, just go to a yoga studio and there they are. They're either at the yoga studio or the Newfoundland General Store. <laughs> so there's this instructor at the studio named Sandeep. He was a brown guy. He would, he had, um, he was always shirtless and he had like tiny little black shorts, and he was just covered in hair, like. That's what I remember about him. He was like hairy from head to toe. He had long hair too and a bun. We in a. This was before man buns. So he had the first man bun. Um, and he would like push and like shove and like cajole us into like all of these shapes and he would shout his instructions and he would just drip sweat everywhere. And this wasn't a hot yoga class. He would just drip sweat everywhere. But like, I was into it, you know? that. That kind of messy approach to yoga really reminded me of um, the calamity of these crowded temples that I grew up going to. So at 22, when I moved out of my parents' house for good, is when I really encountered contemporary yoga culture. So like, everyone's in their Lululemon uniform, the spaces are filled with most, well, pretty much all white people. And perhaps the most weird and alienating thing to me, which was like the this like co-opting and performance of religious iconography so like Tibetan prayer flags next to like statues of Hindu deities and like smells like palo santo one day and nag champa the next day and like t-shirts that say namaste <laughs> or like a spiritual gangster which is a real clothing line and yeah it was just um, You know, and drake yoga, like what the fuck is drake (laughs) yoga or puppy yoga, like I don't know. But basically it was just a mashup of alternative spirituality, which included this real religious tradition that I grew up with and and really struggled with for a long time, like as we've heard tonight, um, many beliefs that we kind of inherit from our families. So I'm gonna set the scene. This is what it feels like or what it felt like to me to be in a yoga class. Go in, settle in on my mat, start like moving with my breath, you know? Get a little sweaty maybe, maybe I'd like start to get really stretched out, maybe I'd feel really proud of myself for like holding this longer than I had before. Doesn't actually look like that, I'm wearing heels. Um, And then like at the end of the class, you'd be like laid out and it's time for the final relaxation and the teacher presses play on their iPod and it's like this bizarre pan flute mashup of like a Hindu prayer. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? All of the hard work, all of the rest that I'd like cultivated over the hour just like evaporates from my body. That's really what it feels like. I tried to let it go, um, but it felt so bizarre to me, especially since I was the only brown person in these spaces. So I stopped going, right? Because that's 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 what... What it is, that's how it is. Whenever something feels really uncomfortable, you avoid it. And it was easier to stop than to confront white supremacy, which is what it really felt like I had to do. So I went back to spinning and Pilates and I was self-conscious about my sweaty face and my body, but at least everyone in the room was on the same page. Like we were all, you know, working out towards the same goal. And I think that's part of the spiritual malaise that drives so many people towards contemporary yoga, right? So this time last year, I was living in New York. I was working my ass off in a job that felt unrewarding. I was feeling very fucked up about Trump. I had like an escape plan, which I think I texted you about, where I was like, okay, I got my passport. I'm like, I'm gonna learn how to hotwire a car, and if we need to drive north, we're gonna drive north. And you know, I was paying too much for healthcare. Like my love life was a mess. Like it was just, I was feeling very, what is the point? So then I found this yoga studio in Brooklyn where I was living, and I don't know why I decided to went back to go back, but I went back, and it was amazing. It was a community of people that reflected the neighborhood that this yoga studio was in. So there was a lot of black people, a lot of brown people. There was lots of working, like Manhattan working people, uh, as well, but this place really made an effort to integrate itself into the neighborhood. There's people of all different body shapes and sizes. There was no uniform to practice yoga. And it just felt really inviting. And I even like tried my best and almost stopped flinching at the end of the class when people would say, Namaste, which is hard for me because Namaste is a greeting um, for pretty much every Indian person that you've ever met or a Hindu person that you've ever met. Um, So there's this thing in yoga about finding your edge, right? Which it just feels like language borrowed from cognitive behavioral therapy or something like that. It's basically about being present enough in your yoga to to move mindfully through a yoga series without overdoing it or giving up just because something feels really uncomfortable. So if you've ever done pigeon or like a deep hip stretch and felt um, and felt like involuntary anxiety, or in my case, like total rage, then that's you finding your edge. So I realized that part of the reason that I was drawn to yoga was that it took me to my edge in what felt like a safe way. It helped me to get close to what was really bothering me. And I was able to start the process of learning to be an emotionally present human being. Plus my arms got ripped. Uh, Isn't it crazy when you're an adult and you're looking back on your life and you're like, wow, my parents never taught me how to regulate my emotions. Well, it's even crazier to think that yoga was accessible to me my whole life, but it was often presented in the form of a certain kind of cultural chauvinism. The craziest shit is that the yoga studio itself, to this day, still remains an emotionally distressing experience for me. It does. Um, Every single time, no matter how much I'm looking forward to the experience, because even in this city, in this city, it remains a segregated space. And yet, instead of stopping, I kept going because I was feeling better. And then at the end of 2018, I decided that instead of letting my discomfort define my relationship to an experience, I wanted to do something about it. So I made just two manageable goals for 2019, and one is to complete my teacher training. (laughs) I struggled with writing this talk because it's hard for me to not feel any sense of ownership over this cultural practice, even though yoga was originally uh, the pastime of holy men, emphasis on men. Um, The discomfort I felt about putting this talk together is the same discomfort that brings me to yoga, though. I'm finding my edge. I wanted this to be triumphant, you know, me, the wise brown person, like schooling a room full of white people. Um, But the truth is that the slipperiness of yoga is, uh, the slipperiness of what yoga is and who it belongs to and how I encounter it is fraught. It's no longer in my parents' temple, it's in the spaces of basically just tried to diss. And the thing is, people can move in unison, but to me it just feels really fucked when something that can be so healing Feels so disconnected from the outside world. <laughs> yoga culture is far from perfect. My dear friend Jamila, she does anti-oppression training for yoga studios, which is a really commendable uh, line of work. And she was recently on a podcast talking about the dangers of self-righteousness in yoga culture. And she said it so beautifully, I just wanted to share it with you all. So I'm quoting her here. People feel like yoga makes them a better person. So they're resistant to the idea of being wrong, or that they might be ignorant. That whole attachment to being good and right and I didn't mean mean to puts people further and further away from the work of dismantling power. There's not much in our culture that rewards not knowing, but that is what yoga helps me manage, the uncertainty that I feel every single day. I don't need to have the answers so long as I'm moving honestly and consciously through every minute. Practicing yoga offers a way of moving through, not forward, not up, not faster, not toward some imagined future. And unlike traditional exercise, it's not about cheating death or maintaining an illusion. It's about accepting the present moment just as it is. Whether you've got a disability or creaky knees or a broken heart, yoga is there to be like, okay, let's just work with what you've got.
1: You're listening to the Trampoline Hall podcast. And I'm Nisha Goldman. Up next, next the today.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
1: Tell us more about the heels, wearing heels, do you want to know what yes, heels? Yes, I got it's
0: them on sale, uh, a Christmas sale, and I'm debuting them tonight, just for you. So, thank you for is, that why, why
1: is that, why Why did you ask?
0: Because I asked her to. Oh. <laughs>
1: Everything you see before you tonight is scripted. <laughs>
0: Literally. Anything,
1: yeah. why, you, why did you ask her, because you, you just wanted to talk about, because you thought they were nice?
0: Okay. And I, I brought, I'm literally, this is the first time I'm wearing them, so it feels
1: nice. And you're like, I don't want to just get up, wear these shoes, no one talks about yeah. them, and I leave. That'd be a waste of some shoes. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Now the purchase is worth it. So.
1: <laughs> good, good thinking. Okay, Ooh. great. Thank you. Any, any, other, any other questions that have been planted in the audience? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. What's your what's your question? What would you want in your ideal yoga studio? Oh,
0: that's so hard. Um. Like,
1: I, I can hate the music more often than not. So you would like to, so for you, not hating the music would yeah, be? Yeah,
0: like pre-approved playlists, I guess. I think that's cool. Um, I don't know. I think it's less about, like, the uh, like the external, like, the the decor and that kind of thing and more about, like, Cultivating in whatever way, and I don't know how to do this, right? Like, I don't know how the studio in Brooklyn, which is called Sacred, I don't know how they did this, but it's about cultivating like the right community of people, like people who come with the right energy. I mean, I'll say one thing they had um, a community class, which many stu- studios offer. So on Saturdays at noon, they would have this free class and it would be super packed, and you know, there'd be a line and They'd jam probably, I mean it was a big studio, they'd probably jam like eighty people in there. And I heard a person complaining afterward, and you know, you could tell that they were like well put together, etc. And uh, and they were white, like I'll just be real. And and that class is often filled with people from the local neighborhood. Yeah. And and you know, the per, the person at the front desk said, Well, if you want the like other yoga experience, then you can pay for it. Like this is meant to be for the community and from that point I was like okay like this is this is like you what know was, a good what was their
1: effort. complaint was a complaint that it was too crowded it was or too was it crowded
0: complaint? like people were like sweating on each other's mats right. but this is specifically like the free but class that's what it is you know? right right it's the yeah. free class. Yeah. and so for
1: you the better the better class isn't about the, the the like what the the hardwood floors or the music or any of those things it's about who's there so the problem is it's Is about that who's right?
0: there, or, and it, I, I think it's about, like, there's, like, an energy and intention that, like, probably the studio owners or the teachers bring to their practice.
1: Tell me more about that. What do you mean?
0: Um, I don't know. Like, just not, like, incorporating religious or spiritual traditions or ideas that, like, are not yours and maybe that you don't actually really know about. It's just funny to me because I I don't understand why people don't, like, and maybe maybe there is like a Jewish yoga out there or something like that. But how can like We described have, it in the last lecture. That's right. all yeah. that it is. It's sneaking off to eat <laughs> bacon Jewish from a buffet is e-port. called Jewish yoga. Yes. Um, but like, you know, it's very, it's very interesting to me that only specific religious traditions or spiritual traditions are often brought into these classes yeah. and they often have nothing to do with anything that uh, the people who teach those classes are part of.
1: Right, right. Okay, and right. It,
0: and it's yeah, it's 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 stressful. And so know? the
1: intention feels like it's it's a messed up. When you were talking about the intention, you feel like oh that's messed up, right? Because because the yeah. things get misinterpreted or they get
0: yeah, they get misinterpreted. I think they alienate people. Sure. You know, I think like a lot of my friends don't go to these classes because they're like I feel weird. Sure. Yeah, yeah. For all the reasons you
1: describe. Okay. Any anything else? Any other questions people have? Anything else they would like to you know? Uh, yes, over there. Yes. people who are what, sorry by the contemporary monoculture of yoga so people who are intimidated by the contemporary urban yoga monoculture what advice would you have for them like assuming they they want to do yoga you mean like if they yeah but they don't want to spend 150 on but they don't want to spend a lot of money on it and they don't want to go to an environment where they were they're going to be alienated by that well
0: i think like here i started going to a pay what you can yoga studio which is really great and i think they're offered in Different communities and I think that that's a really good thing but I will say this I go to a pay-what-you-can yoga studio and it's not in a low-income community right. and it's very clear that low-income people aren't attending this yoga studio and I find that really frustrating I think it just illustrates everything that I talk about here so I mean there are places that offer that I also think like I don't know intimidated it's so hard there are like groups You know, there is like black women yoga groups. There are like, um, in Toronto, there's brown girls yoga, which is for black and brown women and people of all um, shapes and sizes and abilities. I also think that's really important that, um, you know, a good yoga teacher to me is someone who doesn't say, you have to be in this shape, but who's mindful of the fact that not everyone's bodies are built the same way and you know needs different instructions
1: I have to say I'm so surprised because I don't know I've I've done like 20 minutes of yoga in my life and it made me cry so I stopped so I was you found s- your edge. I found my edge I know I know <laughs> I know it's like supposed to do that but I was like yeah that's like too many things go up anyway <laughs> but so I'm surprised actually at the degree which so I always imagine it as being this thing that's kind of accepting about different kinds of bodies and stuff but it's not like that I is mean that I
0: wouldn't say it's overtly not it's right. just that it's not ingrained in the culture the, right. the culture has been really and this is through the teacher training this is this is through the way the stu- who owns the studios um, that it often feels like it's catering to one type of person who comes from like one experience, right? I and mean,
1: especially if that's who shows up and that's who's teaching it and that's what everyone looks like, then even if no one's saying that yeah. or if people, then that's what comes through.
0: I, I personally, I mean, it's not that I felt intimidated at yoga studios, but I do know people, of, you know, with different body shapes and stuff who have felt um, really intimidated showing up to a yoga studio where everyone's wearing. Like the same thing, um, they all are thin, um, yeah, I think and they, you know, and they they feel self-conscious. Yeah.
1: That's right. well, think Oh, that's like you're, you're, it's that glass-shattering truth that's happening. <laughs> did you? Can I ask? Why did you ask? Do you do you feel intimidated, or do you imagine imagine that others do, or a bit of both? You know, or I, I used to go to yoga in like a gym setting. Yes. Yeah. Right, because I see, So that thing about being like, oh, like we just want people who are like super good at this. It's like this competitive thing, and like you're not good yeah, enough at exactly. it. The competitive aspect, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think like from my experience, it's like you have to just try different places, and then you find the place where you feel the like, most
1: welcome. It's
0: like therapy. Yeah, totally. In that like, way, it's like totally therapy. Totally like therapy. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, All right. Yes, over there. Yeah.
0: There isn't, I mean, I haven't tried every single one, but I, I've i tried a bunch, I've talked to a lot of people, and I don't I don't think that there is one. So
1: you're saying so, it's actually like you haven't found out, like, there really isn't one in Toronto that's like I mean, that. I I can't like say nothing. conclusively. Well, yeah, you know, but if anyone
0: here knows, then you can let me does know. Does anyone know but a place? I think that, like, um, the Y. Yeah, the Y. The Y, actually. I've heard that the Dovercourt Y has a good a good yoga program. Yeah. Is that
1: right? Has anyone been to the Dovercourt Y? Have you yeah. been to the Dovercourt Y? You you haven't you haven't checked out that one. Uh no I haven't because okay. I
0: don't want to pay for a Y membership but. <laughs> okay all right there <laughs> you
1: <laughs> go.
0: After you finish your teacher training, would you ever consider opening up your own studio? Uh someone wants to pay for it then yeah, um <laughs> uh, but I don't know also I'm kind of going into teacher training with the same energy of this talk which is like I don't know if I want to teach just yet I want to go through the experience and see how I feel about it, um and then. That takes me to that setting,
1: then I'll do it. Awesome. Any other questions? Anything else people I do know? Uh, no, 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 no. Right, here, right here. Oh, right here. It's someone over there. Yes, okay. <laughs> so I lo- I love that what you're talking about, and I love the idea of obviously yoga
0: being a community and being inclusive and a safe place for everyone. But have you considered, or, or do you, just out of curiosity, uh, practice
1: yoga in your own home practice, similar to what your grandparents do? So, what yeah. about doing it? So, what about doing it at home like your grandparents do? Yeah,
0: I, I do. I do it at home, but I like the experience yeah. of kind of going somewhere. I like. I also sometimes think it's a bit dangerous to do it at home. I think that y- you can hurt yourself. You know, like I want the experience of someone there to be like, okay, like don't put all your weight in your hands when you're doing something, etc. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. Up, up, up here. Yes. Yes. Um, what do you think about hands-on adjustments in different spaces? What about <laughs> hands-on adjustments? What do you, is hands-on adjustments? What, I'm, I'm, is that, what I mean is it What do you mean? Oh, and when they like touch you, and they're like, here, they move you. Yeah,
0: I think they're really helpful. Um, I think like for me, it just unlocked a different level of like what yoga can be, and you're like, oh, like it's actually really challenging to not do the thing that looks super difficult because you're working your muscles in a different way, or like it's mentally challenging to like hold your breath while you're like doing this, um, as opposed to putting your leg, like jamming your leg in your thigh, and you're like, look at me, but you know, etc. Um, but I understand why like now in a lot of studios there's like consent cards right. or teachers will ask for consent before touching people.
1: That seems reasonable. Is there, any, is there like any, is there any controversy around that? Are there any yoga teachers who, like yeah. we should be able to touch people who don't well, consent yeah, to there, touching there us? There that's what, been, that's probably. what we demand as yoga teachers. That seems really weird.
0: <laughs> there has been. I think that's why really? they introduced like consent cards. Right,
1: right. But, is, but once you introduce the idea, is anyone, is anyone then opposed to the idea once it's?
0: Of consent cards? Yeah, like. I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea of consent cards, but I do think that it's resulted in teachers doing less adjustments, um, which I think kind of sucks because I see people like, I don't want to say doing the wrong thing, but like putting themselves in a place where it looks like they may hurt themselves. Right. um, And I think they would benefit
1: from like- Are you going to be a yoga teacher who touches people without their consent? Is that what you're telling us? Absolutely not. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. good, good. We're finding your edge. That's good. Uh, Yeah, over here, yeah, sure. What? Yeah, I've,
0: passed, I've been there.
1: You've been there? You're not?
0: I wasn't feeling it. No, yeah, I wasn't right. feeling the vibe. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it is. But you like yes. it? You, no, you, you like it? it? I, I you enjoy been? it? Have you been?
1: There's no music. No music? Um, and uh, I, I enjoy it. I don't know. Right. Why Have do it? you like it?
0: Um. There's no music, and they do not care about spirituality and yoga. Mm. They're
1: so, just like, see you later. Right. And and it's two Indian brothers, which at least and, and so, I don't, and that is that I don't know if that gets any. Clue. And you're not a white woman, so there. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. A white guy, so, I mean, yeah. I'm Sorry. A, I'm a skinny white guy. So. All right. Yeah, is, which is <laughs> clearly what you are looking for. Right. So you'd like this to promote it, so people can take that promotion, or but you actually don't like it. So what?
0: <laughs> yeah. There's this other like weird thing though, where people say that they're like uncomfortable with like the spiritual aspect of right of yoga but like i'm not allowed to be uncomfortable with the spiritual aspect of yoga like when i say it's really weird that like there's like this pseudo religious stuff happening right. here it's like well like you know i'm kind of the outlier in critiquing that but like when people say oh you know like i would love to do yoga but i just don't love all the like the spiritual stuff about it, like that. Other people, when other people say that, that's seen as like a valid criticism or like a valid reason to not practice
1: yoga. But I'm does not trying sure I'm, I'm, I'm. I no. I don't. I'm, I think it does make sense, but I don't understand. So try me again. So what you're saying is that it
0: makes sense, but you don't understand.
1: Because I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm. imperfect, is the reason. <laughs> and so I occasionally. I'm guessing it. I know, but so. So what you're saying is that. So what you're saying is that. Is that your perception that it's okay for other people to say like that they don't want the spiritual side of yoga, but it's somehow not okay for you to say that?
0: Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, I don't know what's OK and what's not OK, but I get the sense that like, if I say it's really weird when I show up and there's like all this stuff there. If I were to go to, a, which I've never done, and I like hate myself for not doing it, but right. if I were to ever go up to someone who owns a yoga studio and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. Maybe I would say it in a more polite way. But um, what, what the fudge? Yeah, what the fudge is this? Yeah. Um, You know that would be seen as me being like confrontational or i don't know like not like a member of the community or whatever right but i think you know i hear so often i would love to do yoga but like the spiritual stuff like it's just not my vibe and like so i'm saying that there's two sides of this critique of spirituality yoga. well
1: it sounds like they're different critiques too because it's not correct me if i'm wrong but like it sounds like like one critique is just like oh i just don't want any spiritual stuff in it and another critique I, i i what i'm perceiving is your critique but maybe i'm Maybe I'm wrong. Is your critique that you don't want spirituality in it or that you don't want spirituality misrepresented by people who don't own it?
0: I don't know what I want.
1: Yeah, I guess that's part that's of my questions. So maybe that's part yeah. of why I am confused, because actually, I'm confused about. Yeah, that too. so but so so I guess I guess part of what I'm curious about is like, what are you like? When, what are you hoping for in that in that in that part of it? So obviously, I know one thing you're hoping for is something that's diverse, and it's something that doesn't feel like it's just for rich white people, mm-hmm. and something that doesn't make you feel excluded from something that you feel is taken from your own culture and being sold sold back to you by other people or whatever. But apart, but then in terms of like what you would want, like in that version that you would want. Would there be, do you know if there would be a spiritual component? Is that part of what draws you to it? Like in that perfect version of it?
0: No, I mean, I think like, no, the spiritual stuff doesn't draw me to yoga. I would say there's um, things that feel like they're riffing on meditation and yeah. that stuff really appeals to me and yeah. you know meditation is I guess it is part yeah, of yeah. Indo spirituality and buddhism and lots of other religions as well but
1: yeah so the meditative the meditative like inward looking stuff yeah. is appealing but the actual spiritual stuff like you don't want to you know, like I don't even I'm yeah you know like the actual stuff that's connected to a religion or no supernatural purposes. or yeah. I'm thinking more like supernatural like beliefs in a supernatural or anything like that like those aren't like religious beliefs those aren't What draw you do it? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you about the, when you think about the meditative stuff, well, okay, I'll I'll come back. Let me ask you, (laughs) let me get your question, and I'll get your question and my question. Yeah, what's your your question? But the question is whether something is lost if you take away the religion and present it in a secular way.
0: I mean, I just think it already is. You know, I think it's already kind of really divorced from its cultural origins, and it was intended to do that, right? Like, I mean, there's one version of this talk that's literally about how yoga is kind of a scam, and it was like brought over as like a form of um, like PR for India, and now is in fact like, you know. Um, like, a fo- it's like it's like the cultural um, nationalism for like the right wing government in India right oh. like they've established like a national yoga day and they have yoga visas because they know they can get money from tourists coming to India looking for the authentic yoga experience right. so it kind of to me is already diluted and I guess what I'm looking for is like a third way and I think this is like what I'm looking for in everything that I do you know something that is not of there and not of what I know here to be but is like a third way forward that feels useful to me and people like me.
1: Cool. Okay, great. There's a the hand up over here, or it, Yeah, over here, yeah. Um, why do you think white people want to do shit like dog yoga, and goat yoga Why do white people <laughs> want to do dog <laughs> <laughs> yoga? I, like, I, I mean, like, obviously, like, I just, like, i like, <laughs> wonder if you have, like, any insight as to know, like, why they keep trying to do <laughs> Why do white people keep trying to do yoga with goats and dogs is the question. <laughs>
0: I'm going to give you the real answer later, but um, I would say because they love their animals. I don't know. I okay, now
1: of. let's pretend it's later and you no. give us the real answer. Do you think they're trying to, like, uh, put, I guess no, never mind. No, what do you think of What do you think it might be? Right, just sort of make it more, more their own thing, by making like having the less. dog to do with
0: yoga, I kind of get, because like you know, it's cute if I like do yoga at home and my cat's like, you know, rubbing up against me. It's sure. cute, or like you know, your dog's around you all the time. But so like the
1: dog, so let's take it one at a time. So cats and dogs, you're like that. <laughs> seems, so you sort of seems you can start. It just seems
0: understandable, like you have right. a bond with your right. pets, sure. but like, and I'm sure some people have a bond with their goats, but I just can't <laughs> imagine it's Hard. that many people.
1: <laughs> It's not your goat. Oh, it's a random even your goat. goat? So we like, don't, know. don't know. We're slowly piecing together how goat yoga works. <laughs> so what happens? You go to yoga and they give you a goat. There's like, here's here's your yoga goat.
0: Like I don't want this to be taken as an anti-goat screed. Goat is delicious and <laughs> perhaps the most delicious of all the meats. Sorry, pork. Um, and you know goats yell and that's cool, but uh i don't know why, why you, you need to do yoga with them
1: so I'm the assuming. answer is why do white do people want to go do i don't, I don't know do? i have maybe can,
0: can
1: can, do sorry does anyone have can anyone <laughs> i know why i know why white people i think i question know why
0: you,
1: <laughs> i think i do because i think that i think that the sense that people have i think the sense that a lot of people have about yoga is yoga is basically a way to like um to like Pamper yourself with a, with an experience of joy and comfort, and I think for a lot of people, what it means to pamper yourself with an experience of joy and comfort is to like stretch, but also at the set time, same time. Pet an adorable puppy, and to them, those two things kind of go together. Like feeling nice in a stretch while the sun shines behind you, and there's maybe, and it's and, and like you're on a poster that says Namaste, and like you feel calm and relaxed. And like, what if you were also petting a puppy? It would be even more like that. Is what is what I think it is. I say this as once again, someone who's done 15 minutes of yoga in their entire life. <laughs> But I am white. I do say it as a white person. I also don't like puppies. Yet, I, but I understand the hell out of white people. It's true. And, uh, um, but again, probably only, with, only from like an internal perspective. So, so that's what it seems like to me. To me, it sort of makes sense. It feels like you know, people are just trying to make yoga be even more this sort of relaxing, delicious, calming experience. And they're like, yeah, puppies. puppies are like that. I think that's probably why. I feel the goats. Now That's I'm just. The thing. No I don't one know. knows
0: the goats. No one. I don't know. The
1: goats. I yeah. The goats, I think, are just a mistake. I think people just can't afford a puppy. Is what it is. I don't know. Um, she, said she's
0: well,
1: who, someone, she said she's gone to goat yoga. You went, You've all been to. All everyone around here has been to goat yoga. Why did you? Why were people there? Why were the people there? I, I took my 12 year old nephew. You took because you were taking a 12 year old. Because you're like I like yoga. He likes a petting zoo. You know we can go is? together. So I there you, the you go. I know the answer now. You
0: know how like in Niagara Falls, there was the sunflower field farmer who like his field was getting decimated by Instagram people. There's like, now people go to goat yoga for Instagram. It's the Instagram of yogas. That's what the answer is. Well, there you go, okay. It okay. makes the most sense, but also. They shouldn't anything, like, So like for them,
1: if it, they know it's an easy cash thing. Well, but that's putting, that's putting the, the cart before the goat. I mean, to say it's a cash thing raises the question of why the hell would anyone pay money? For novelty. Teacher, it wasn't right? even a yoga teacher, and they didn't like, know anything about goats. It's
0: like, a petting zoo. And the
1: goats right. should all agree about. It's a petting zoo with stretching. It's Instagram. It's a cash grab. All right. So maybe more think about it that way. Maybe if you reframe the question and say, if you had a petting zoo, why would it help to add yoga to it? Maybe that's a better way, a better way to think. Sounds like nonsense. All right. I don't know. Do you, do you, have, a, do you have an alternate theory? I feel like you have one. No, that was my theory. It's Instagram. Okay. All right. Which, yeah. Okay. You want, sorry? Oh, I'll just add. I'm a, I'm a therapist. You're a therapist? You had a client. Now, here's the thing your client thought yoga and goats would be a combination of something she was comfortable with and something new. We're all wondering which is the thing she was comfortable with and which is the thing that was something new. You can't disclose that. (laughs) That's where you draw the line. Thanks, ethics. Okay, great. Uh, 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 Anything else? Anything else people want to know? Any other questions? Yes, okay, sure. What do you do to get through? how do you what do you do when you encounter that edge what do you do to get through that discomfort well, Is
0: that- i mean they it's so funny right because i was going to yoga for years and they would be like breathe just breathe you know move with your breath move with your breath they tell you that for a reason right when you're in that really difficult posture not even a difficult posture if you're just like okay i want it like i said standing on one leg you think it's easy but can you do it without holding your breath there's so many times even in throughout our regular days when we're just doing stuff we hold our breath we're not breathing fully deeply etc and really that they tell you to breathe for a reason when i started breathing through like really difficult poses or postures i noticed that i was able to hold them longer and all of that weird anxiety cuz i used to feel it like it would be like rage i would be like lying there and like my hips are being stretched out and i'm like and the teacher's like talking and like, I don't know, chanting or whatever. And I want to like kill them, right? <laughs> like I want to like throw my water bottle at them or something like that. And then it's like you tune out and you just like breathe. It works. It sounds so ridiculous, but it, it, it helps. And that is something that I was kind of able to take outside of the yoga world and into like my regular life and for all of my other moments of intense anxiety.
1: It's nice to end with a tip you can use, and it's hard to think of a better tip than breathe. Uh,
0: Take a deep breath, everyone. Start from your stomach, breathe up and out,
1: and keep your shoulders down. Hey, we were just your first uh, yoga class. Thank you. (laughs) Anupa (laughs) Miski. Thanks for listening. Trampoline Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hedy and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Emily M. Keeler and Charles Yao. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Our coordinating producer and lecture selector extraordinaire is Kate Bars. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, you can help us out by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps a lot. You can also come check out the show in Toronto. I am Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening.